your sermon text that can be found on the inside of your bulletin, or of course in your Bibles. This is Romans 8, 22 through 30. 8, 22 through 30. For we know that the whole creation has been groaning together in the pains of childbirth until now. And not only the creation, but we ourselves, who have the first fruits of the Spirit, grow inwardly as we wait eagerly for adoption of sons, the redemption of our bodies. For in this hope we were saved. Now hope that is seen is, no, hope it is not hope, for who hopes for what he sees? But if we wait for what we do not see, we wait for it with patience. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know what to pray for as we ought. But the Spirit Himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And he who searches hearts knows what is the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good, for those who are called according to His purpose. For those whom He foreknew, He also predestined to be conformed to the image of, son, of His Son, in order that He might be the firstborn among many brothers. And those whom he predestined, he also called. And those whom he called, he also justified. And those whom he justified, he also glorified. The word of the Lord. Prayer is an interesting thing, isn't it? It feels very unnatural in some ways. I think if you really want to see prayer in its purest form, you need to listen to our children. Very interesting, when my kids were young, they actually used to pray to me. How's that for a little bit of intimidation there, right? You know, I have some uh, great prayers from children here as they pray and pour out their soul to God. Dear God, maybe Cain and Abel would not kill each other so much if they each had their own rooms. It works out okay with me and my brother. Here's another one. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us some email. How about this? Lord, if you can't make me a better boy, don't worry about it. I'm having a real good time like that. Here's from a four-year-old named Reese. Our father who does art in heaven. Howard is his name. And finally, another unnamed child. Dear God, I want to be just like my daddy when I get big, but not with so much hair all over. Sam. It's interesting prayers, you know, from children. You know, but the question we have is for ourselves. Sometimes we feel like what we're praying is gibberish. We're wondering if we're using the right, right words or if we're literally off the reservation somewhere, uh, just speaking to the wall. Prayer is a mystery. Once a doctoral student at Princeton asked Albert Einstein if there was anything left to do original research on. And Albert Einstein said, prayer. Someone must figure out about prayer. Prayer is risky. Indeed, the word prayer in Latin, procurium, is from where we get the word procurious. It's a risky business, this prayer. What if we pray and put our hearts out there and we get no answer in return? How many of us have prayed that we would either make that football team or that we would get asked for that date or maybe we would get that promotion and yet the answer comes back very different from the one we were looking for and we feel maybe a little bit down, a little bit scared to even ask again. What if God doesn't answer? What if there is no God at all? And so we write off prayer as something for the super spiritual. 
For those people who spend their life in the closet and somehow have managed to figure out how to pull the levers and move the world. But we can't get rid of prayer, even though we try. It's estimated that 90% of people pray in some way, shape, form, or fashion. And so how must we regard prayer? So I've thought about it and I can only come up with this answer. That prayer is a language. It's the language of God. When we pray, we speak the language of God. And indeed, prayer is our native tongue. One that we have lost and one that we are relearning. To pray is to speak the language of God. And when we do learn to speak this language, it will affect our head and will affect our hearts and indeed will affect the world around us. And so we must learn to pray, we must learn to speak this language and become fluent in it. But it's not as easy as that, is it? In this passage, we discover three particular things. One, the necessity of prayer. It's hardwired into us. Why is that? But we also discover, number two, the difficulty of prayer. It's hard. Why is it so hard? But then, number three, we discover the power of prayer. What God has intended to do and will do in our lives and in the world. Well, let's look at these things. Number one, the necessity of prayer. If you look at Romans 8 19 in the beginning, it says that the creation waits in eager expectation for the sons of God to be revealed. Isn't that interesting? Creation is personified. It's a, it's a person in a sense. It's waiting. It's longing. Indeed, it's waiting eagerly, this creation, which is not a person, but all of creation, all of life itself. And it's waiting eagerly for something, for the sons of God to be revealed. The men and women who are the children of God to be revealed. Which can only mean one thing, that they have not been fully revealed because the creation is waiting. See, we must understand when creation, when God created the world, remember God created all things and He said what? It is good. It was good, but it was not complete, was it? Otherwise, we wouldn't be here like we are now. You see, there was a point to creation. The point to creation was not creation, but man himself. Man wasn't designed for creation. Creation was designed for man. God had a purpose in this creation to grow and reveal the sons and daughters of God. The earth is God's proving ground. And so God said, let us make man in our image, in our likeness, and let them rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air over all the earth. And so God created man, male and female, in the image of God. And God gave him this earth, this creation, to show forth who he was to be. Psalm 115 puts it this way, The highest heavens belong to the Lord, but the earth He has given to man. Psalm 8.4, What is man that you are mindful of him? The son of man that you care for him. You made him a little lower than the heavenly beings, and crowned him with glory and honor. You made him ruler over the works of your hands, and put everything under his feet. Man was made to rule creation. He was made like God. But he was not made God. <clears throat> See, the question was, how would man rule? In faithfulness, in dependence, or in rebellion? 
Isn't it interesting that God did not set these people in the garden and then leave them? God was there in the garden. He was present and available. They spoke with God. See, what God did was He started small, didn't He? A little patch of land. Take care of it. Rule with this little, little ecosystem and continue to grow and grow and grow into who you are. You know, I have children myself. I have three sons. And you know, one of the great things about sons as they get older is your lawn should look better and better, right? It's common knowledge. Now what I have found is that everybody else's yard looks better and better because they are paying to use my lawn equipment. And when I ask them to mow my lawn, they're like, oh, Dad, I'm so tired. I've been mowing lawns. I'm like, you've been working for these people. Surely you can mow my lawn. Well, you know, lawn equipment is some dangerous stuff, isn't it? See, teaching kids to use lawn equipment is a risky business. See, they may have the power, but they don't have the knowledge. And so we need to teach them to be faithful, and we need to teach them to be careful. See, that's what's going on here with God and man and creation. And how is man and God to interact? How is man to grow up in his identity? It's through prayer. Prayer is the lifeline, the umbilical cord between God and man. At the core of our relationship is prayer, it's communication, it's relationship between God and man. And indeed, there was never a time when my boys grow up and they'll go off to college and then they'll have their own home. That's not what God intended for us. If you want to know what God intended for us, look at Jesus, the second Adam, who is in perfect communion with the Father. I and the Father are one. I am Him and Him and me. A perfect prayer connection between them. That's what God was looking for. A mature one. But man, of course, cut the cord, didn't he? I don't need you. This is my creation. I'll do it on my own. And so creation became broken. We were disinherited. The power that we needed through being connected to God by prayer went away. And the chaos that we experience in life is the direct result of it. If you look at our world today, you see the absence of prayer everywhere. The statistics tell us 22,000 children die each day to poverty. There are over 12 wars currently appearing, uh, currently in, being waged in the world right now. Large conflicts. Think of all the anger and frustration and brokenness in our life. See, the problem with us is this. We can't speak the language of God. We've forgotten it. We don't seem to know how to utter it. And as a result, we can't fix the world. But we can't fix ourselves either, can we? That relationship I have with my spouse, where the house is very cold, and he speaks and she speaks, but we don't seem to be able to get together. Where that cold call from my children, who are estranged from me, there's no warmth. There's no way to talk with one another. How are we to handle life without this umbilical cord of prayer? The language we were made to speak but have forgotten. The first thing we must do, my friends, is we must examine our life. We must acknowledge that we need prayer. 
The first step is to understand that we are broken, that we cannot speak our native tongue. We must examine life, but we must also evaluate it. How is my life? Is it filled with brokenness? Is it filled with hesitation, with questions, with loneliness? Does my life reflect the glory of God? How do you handle life? If you look at your schedule, and look at your relationships, and look at prayer, I will tell you how you manage your life. We must examine our life, we must evaluate it, but finally we must execute. See, the first step to pray is to pray. For to pray itself is to acknowledge that I need it. See, if there's no prayer, there's no power. It's not a question of whether God cannot. It's an answer that God will not. There is a necessity of prayer. And so, we must begin. But this brings me to my second point, that prayer is difficult. Why is it so hard? Many of us have said, yes, I get that, Carlos. And yet when I try to pray, it seems like nothing's coming out. I don't know how to do it. Romans 8.23 tells us why prayer is so hard. Not only so, meaning the creation, but we ourselves, who have the first fruits of the Spirit, groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for our adoption as sons, the redemption of our bodies. See, if you are a Christian, something is happening in you. Christianity is not about information, it's not about philosophy, it's about a person, and it's about transformation. Something has been birthed in us that is changing. Indeed, the scriptures say the first fruits of the Spirit, the Holy Spirit sent from God, the Spirit of Christ, has come into us. The first fruits of it, the beginning of the harvest, and it is affecting us. It's making us want to wait eagerly for this finality, our adoption as sons, the redemption of our this broken body. There's an eagerness in us because we understand that all is not right with the world, that all is not right with us. And so we hope and wait for this glorious day where we will be revealed as sons and daughters of God. But until then, we groan. We groan because we are being reborn. I've had the opportunity to see three of my children born. When you see a child born, it is amazing. It is astounding, okay? Like you see it and you're like, wow, this is amazing. But the other thing you hear is the struggle. The struggle of the mom who has this in her and God is bringing it out. But the baby comes forth in pain. Many people say, Carlos, you have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> Truth is, maybe that's true. But you know, I've, I've had a ruptured appendix before. Okay? And they say that a ruptured appendix is about the same as giving birth. They were, the women have been giving birth to life, but I was giving birth to death. Poison, pain, it hurt. There was a get this out of me, but because I'm going to die. But think about the child. You know, we never think about the feelings of the child. How does it feel to the kid? Huh? Get me out of here. Okay? My head is like a cone. Can you get me out of here? Alright? It's painful. Because what we're groaning for, these children, is restoration. New communication. Bring me to 
my mother's breast. Let all be well. And so in Romans 8.24, it tells us that in this hope we are saved. But hope that is already seen is no hope at all. For who hopes for what he already has? This work of God is by faith. Because so often we can't see it. It's what's going on in our heart of hearts, this groaning for rebirth. How do we communicate in the midst of this rebirth? We do it by the Spirit. Verse 26, in the same way the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We don't know what we ought to pray for. But the Spirit intercedes for us with groans that words cannot express. See, we are weak. And praying does hurt. We don't know what we ought to pray. The Greek there literally means, as it is necessary. We don't know the words. We don't know the sentences. We don't know the quotation. But this Spirit comes along. It's true, we can't manage creation. We can't manage ourselves. We need God. But God comes to us through prayer. It's difficult because we're being reborn. And it's difficult because we're prideful and we're selfish. See, it's just like my kids and it's just like me. Here's the way you drive the lawnmower. No, 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 I got this. I got this. I can do this. No, 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 no. Here's the way you use the weed. No, 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 Dad. I got this. I got this. And we experience the pain and the suffering as we try to do life without the language and the relationship with God. But the Spirit Himself, notice it doesn't say the Spirit itself, it says the Spirit Himself. There's a person, the Holy Spirit, who brings us the presence of Christ, intercedes for us, in the Greek literally, lights upon us, falls in with us, he intercedes for us with groans that words cannot express. See, when we don't know the language, the Spirit comes alongside of us because the Spirit knows the language of God. And He speaks in this tongue that we don't quite know and translates our feeble prayers into language that God can understand. My father went to New Mexico Highlands University where he played baseball. And I don't know if you remember reading the story of, uh, it was called The Vow. But it was a story about two people. Kim, who's a guy, Kimmer, and Cricket Carpenter. And Kim was the coach of the University of New Mexico Highlands. These two fell in love and decided to get married. And ten weeks into their marriage, they had a car wreck. A brutal car wreck. It destroyed their car. And Kim was hurt, some punctured ribs and things like that. But it was Cricket, the woman, who was in dire, dire straits. Just bruising on the brain, uh, collapsed lung, broken nose, you name it. So much so that she was in a coma for four months. And when Cricket finally awoke, she didn't recognize her husband. Indeed, she'd lost the last two years of her life. She thought that maybe when they said her husband, who it was, it was her old boyfriend. And as Kim and everyone tried to show her who she was, she said, I saw the woman in the white dress, but I had no feeling of that moment. But Kim was a believer, and so was Cricket. And so their vow was deeper than their injury. And so Cricket had to learn to walk again. 
Kim, as a coach, came alongside her. And rehab in this type of situation is very, very painful. You want to give up. And Cricket, Kim would encourage him. Cricket would shout at him. I don't even know you. Get away from me. I don't want to do this anymore. Leave. Go back to where you came from. And Kim would have to hear this and walk alongside. See, Cricket not only had to learn to walk again, she had to learn to love again. Cricket said, I hated this man. I wanted to scream at him. But yet I knew he was my husband. And I was a Christian, and so I said to God, if you will give me love for him, I will be faithful to the vow I've made. When I see the picture of Cricket and Kim, I think of Jesus Christ. Jesus who didn't quit on us. Indeed, Jesus who went into the coma, who went into the tomb, that we might be literally risen from the dead. See, Jesus did not come to make bad people good. He came to make dead people alive. And so we are in rehab with a faint memory of this one God, our Father who art in heaven. And God has sent to us His Holy Spirit who teaches us how to walk again and how to love again. But I say, I don't know how to pray. And God says, you're darn right. But He does. And I will walk alongside you. But it feels so unnatural. Yes, it does. But one day, it will feel natural. See, prayer, my friends, is rehab. It's us learning again to speak the language of God. And so when you don't feel like praying, do it anyway. When you don't know how to pray, start praying. When you don't know what to say, look to the Holy Spirit and His Word, help me. I wish I could give you a formula of how to pray. I'm thankful for the Lord's Prayer, which helps give us a pattern for prayer. But there's no formula for praying. It's a language of intimacy and dependency and quietness and trust. There's a beauty to it as we grow and learn to walk and to love. Prayer doesn't just change the world, it changes you as you grow into the fullness of what God has for you. Prayer is necessary, prayer is difficult, and prayer is power. Prayer changes the world. You know why prayer works? Because He wants it to. Verse 29, For those God foreknew, He also predestined to be conformed to the likeness of His Son, that He might be the firstborn among many brothers. See, God has a plan for those who He has redeemed. It's been predestined. It's been for His foreknowledge to transform us into the likeness of His Son. Do you want to know what you're going to look like when this thing is all said and done? Look at Jesus. And we see in Jesus the resurrection power. The one who was raised from the dead. The one who is able to speak His words to transform the world. The resurrection power of God is available to the Son and is available to us through the Son. And because it is, because the Spirit is within us, verse 27, He, God, who searches our hearts, knows the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints in accordance with God's will. See, we speak 
The Spirit translates and God hears. God knows the mind of the one within us. And God's will is spoken, and so God's will is done. Thank goodness God doesn't answer all my prayers. The world would be a disaster, and so would my life. But God speaks through the Spirit, awakening my heart, shaping me into the image of God. Prayer shapes events which shapes us, which results in our transformation. But God is not only transforming us, He's transforming the world. Remember God's plan from the beginning to place man in the garden and via this umbilical cord, this language of God and dependence to transform the world into the glory of God. And so through the church, God is rebuilding a transformed world using simple tools the voice of God, and the language that we speak. Now people say Christianity has started more wars than anyone else in the face of the world, of the earth. It's a problem. They're absolutely wrong. Atheism, Nazism, Pol Pot, Mao Zedong, all of these people, atheism is responsible for more deaths in the entire world in the last century than anyone else. But not more hospitals, and missionaries and places of care and orphanages around the world would not exist if not for Christianity moving forth. The transformational power of God in the heart of man. The Spirit of the Lord is upon us. The activation of the power of God is through prayer. And when we pray, we move the world. Now you may say to me, Carlos, never seen that before. Sounds like a good story. But you see, what we don't understand is that what we're talking about is a spiritual world that affects the physical world. The Bible tells us that there is a world all around us that we don't see. Remember Jesus, at any point I can call forth 12 legions, 85,000 angels, and blow you all away. But I don't feel anything. You know, my friend, there's no correlation between the physical and the spiritual world. In the sense of what's happening in the spirit and in the sense of what is happening in the physical world. We see that things are not going well and we pray something went wrong. No, no, God is entirely on the schedule. Used to vacation in, uh, uh, in the Kurdam Reservoir, Bugs Island. By the way, if you ever have an island, don't aim at Bugs Island. Okay? I think it's kind of bad for tourism. But you know, there's the Kerr Dam Reservoir. And you go to the Kerr Dam Reservoir, and it's quite an amazing thing. You're standing there, kind of, you can stand there at the bottom part, and nothing's happening. But if you're at the right place at the right time, up come the sluice gates, and this astounding flow of water starts coming through. And the thunderous roar as the water comes through this barrier to affect the entire world below it. See, that's prayer. There is no wonder more supernatural and divine in the life of the believer than the mystery and ministry of prayer. The hand of the child touching the arm of the father and moving the wheel of the universe. When you pray, you are more dangerous than you have ever been. You have no idea what God does to people who pray. Indeed, if you see the saints of this world, the people who have great impact 
All of them were men and women of prayer. Most of them were weak and feeble and struggled with disease and paralysis and all sorts of things that God gave them so they would understand the power of prayer. And so I conclude with these three thoughts. See, because when we pray, we speak the language of God. Prayer is necessary. If you want to grow up, you must acknowledge that in your life. Prayer is difficult. When you pray, you go to work. Does it transform you? Does it get easier? Yes. And then it gets harder as God tests you more and more. Like fire, refining the iron. The prayer is powerful. And so make a decision in your life, whatever you're doing, to pray regularly, pray diligently, pray intentionally, and pray dependently. This church wants to be founded on prayer. Do you know the most important meeting in this church? It's not Sunday. It's our prayer meeting Friday mornings at 6.30. That's the wheel that moves the earth. Praying and coming together is where the power begins. We pray at 8 o'clock every morning before the service right in there. Some is just a couple of people. Nothing's moving. No, no, no. Prayer is the language of God. And so you and I must learn to pray and we will become fluent in it. And if we become fluent as a church, my friends, there is nothing that can stop the power of this church transforming this community. Indeed, even in your life. The challenge of choice is up to us. Let us pray. Lord, we thank you for the language of prayer. A language that we have forgotten, that we've made to speak it from birth. We thank you for your Holy Spirit and the power and blood of Jesus Christ who has redeemed us, who has infilled us with your presence. We thank you that you are teaching us as a child, learning to pray again. Lord, let us sit patiently and dependently in the school of prayer looking to you through the umbilical cord of faith. Let us rise up and become strong in you in the power of your might. Transform us into your likeness and transform this world into the world it was meant to be. Through Jesus Christ I pray. Amen.